This is a Hoff Studios podcast. I welcome you, Brianna. Would you go ahead and introduce yourself? Absolutely. My name is Brianna Collette. I am a relationship coach, but I'm not your typical relationship coach. I'm a soulmate medium. I'm a soulmate mentor. Um, and I help people, women specifically, find the love of their life. How good our relationships are are the marker of how good our life is going. You know? And um, so I, I'm just, I really honor your work and I'm so happy that you're here. How did you get into this? Okay, so I'm, I'm sure like so many people who get into like the healing world or the coaching world uh, have a crazy story and I'm exactly the same. Um, basically, I, all throughout my 20s, was a hot mess express in the dating department, right? Like, I really tried really hard to like, you know, show up as the best version of myself and thought that every new relationship was going to be like, you know, so hopeful each and every time and... They always just kind of really ended with me feeling disappointed or feeling like I wasn't the one who was enough. Um, so I did that cycle for a long time. Um, and then I had my spiritual awakening in 2017 when I witnessed a murder of a family, my next door neighbors. Um, and it was a very traumatic event. Um, I obviously experienced PTSD as a result, um, and depression, chronic anxiety. Um, I even rattled with suicidal thoughts, um, just because the nature of PTSD, like I just never felt safe. And then what that experience did for me, because I always say things are happening for you and not to you. Um, that experience helped me to unearth and uncover a lot of the it, like anxiety that I had kind of always had my whole life. It was kind of always there and I was able to cope with it. Um, but then this happened and my tools that I had thus far, it just was not enough. And so my traditional therapy that I had been in since I was like nine years old, you know, sitting on the couch, talking to somebody, it just wasn't enough. And so I really had to dig deep. And that's when I, when I say I had my spiritual awakening is because I really started to go within, right? I always say when you wanna go outward, expand, the solution is to go inward. Um, and so well, through that process of healing and noticing, oh, all of these relationships that I've been cycling through over and over was um, a lack of self-love for myself, a lack of worthiness, never feeling like I was enough. And when I, rediscovered how amazing and beautiful and badass I really was, I leaned into the, the coaching field because I was like, if I had, someone had have told me this all these years ago, that this was the shift that needed to happen, I could have avoided like so much of the drama and the trauma and the hot mess express, like I said. And so um, I want to help other women to have that experience of really understanding what self-love and self-worth is like all about. <laughs> wow. 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 It's so, can may I ask how you, how did you get to self-love and self-worth? What were your, what was the process? Because what I'm hearing is that in fact, that's, 
falling in love with yourself is the first step to falling in love with someone else, finding your soulmate, right? Exactly. Is that what we're getting at? Wow. Yeah, my process was... Um, I really started leaning into alternative therapies, right? Like I, I think therapy, traditional Western therapy, talk therapy um, is very helpful and it 100% has a place um, and it is an important part of the journey. For me, I felt like I was kind of cycling through talking about the same things over and over again in therapy and I could almost therapize my therapist, you know, at that point. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, I need to try something yeah. different, right? If you've been doing the same thing over and over again and you're not getting the results that you wanted, I was still attracting guys that, you know, didn't want to commit or I was still attracting guys that uh, made me doubt myself or question myself. And so I leaned into um, meditation a, a lot, right? I leaned into sound healing, uh, acupuncture, a lot of the more like holistic Eastern modalities. Um, and through that process, I really was able to start understanding my emotions from a different vantage point. I was rather than analyzing them, I was allowing myself to experience them and process them in a different way. And like the experience of not analyzing them, being in your emotions, not judging yourself. That's the first step. Yeah. Like, to, to loving yourself, just not judging yourself that much. <laughs> yeah, being really kind with yourself. I think, you know, there's this, like, mechanism, I think, in our brain where we don't want to, we don't want to experience pain, right? Like, you touch a stove, you do it one time, it's hot. Don't touch that stove anymore, you know? It's like our survival, the monkey brain, right? Like, that, yeah. that wants to keep us alive. And sometimes emotions can be real, not sometimes, all the time, you know, some of our deeper wounds or emotions can be really painful to sit with. And so we want to avoid them. We have this tendency, and I notice a lot with clients, it's easier just to compartmentalize and tuck them away. But those, those things that we are avoiding, what we resist, persists. And so it's this process of not judging self, of being kind to yourself, and learning how to like sit with the parts of you that maybe you don't love so much or are insecure about or that you think aren't pretty mm. on the outside. I think as women, we're so conditioned. We need to look pretty and we need to present well and we need to speak well. And that's the way that we're going to be lovable is if we're perfect. And that's not the case, right? We're all imperfect and we're all deserving of love. So it starts with understanding that about yourself. And when you like you, other people who like you are just a bonus. You don't, your value is not determined whether other people like you, approve of you, think you're great. You already think you're great. When was the shift? Um, what, what was that moment like when you started realizing, oh, people are treating me nicer? And, and I know that you ended up with a really beautiful man and are now almost three months postpartum. So I'm, I'm interested in that, in that journey. Yeah, um, the shift. It's so interesting because I don't think I can point to like a specific moment because like I think when you're in the shit, do you know what I mean? And you're like sorting through your stuff. I always liken it to when you're on your healing journey. You're in this like dark 
lake, like this pond, this lake, and the moon is not out, and you can't really see, but you just keep putting one hand in front of the other, right? You're swimming towards the shore, but you don't know how far the shore is, but you know it's there. And then one day you wake up and you're like, holy shit, look how far I just came, and the shore is right there, you know, all the things that I was working towards and, and, and was healing towards and striving towards and making the effort for, it just like you wake up one day and you start to see all of that inner work that you did reflected around you. And for me, I think it was um, noticing that I just felt happier. It wasn't about the situations that were going on in my life because life is always about change. It's, it's not static, right? It's like always moving and shit happens and stuff comes up and, you know, there's stress. But the way that I responded to things, I wasn't so easily rattled. My self-worth or the, the relationship that I had with myself was a constant. It was steady. And I was in a much more positive mindset about how I viewed myself. And if something fell apart or, you know, I lost a, a, a job or if a friend, you know, we had an argument or if I went on a date and the guy, you know, it wasn't a connection, I wasn't so easily thrown off balance because something out of my control happened. I felt really like grounded in myself. And it wasn't because you had made the decision. It's because there are certain actions you take, right? It's meditation. It's Reiki. I'm curious about that because I think sometimes in this, like in the healing space, there can be this idea that, oh, it's like a light bulb turns on and I made the choice to be happy. And maybe that, that is the case for some people, but you know, you, you come from that PTSD background where of course your nervous system was totally, totally shot by a tragic experience. And I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, the listener can, if that, if that resonates with the listener, like, and and they're looking for tools, things that they can do every day that can really bring them back to themselves, love themselves, feel safe in their own bodies. If there are these tools that you offer, maybe we can maybe we can talk and expand on that so so that it's demystified, that it's it's possible. Yeah, 100%. Um so yes, like you touched on Tools are really, really important. Um, I always call it like my emotional toolkit because it's important, I think, as people that as we mature and we grow, that we keep adding tools to our emotional toolkit because as we know, life is messy. Life is hard. There's so much duality, you know. Um, mm. Some things that really help me and I tell clients all the time is Start and end your day. I don't care if it's two minutes, three minutes, if that's the most amount of meditation that you can do and it's not about trying to clear your mind because I think that's a bunch of BS. Like, I'm, and I'm a meditation teacher. If I tell you, don't think about a white elephant, all I'm going to do is think about the damn white elephant, you know? And so I want to kind of dispel that. It's not about trying to clear your mind. It's about getting still and just like, you know, checking in with yourself. Well, what was today like for me? 
how did I respond to this? Like just, just like how you would make a connection with one of your girlfriends and, and you're concerned about her, there's something going on in her life and you're interested and you want to know and be there for her, you need to show up the same way for yourself. And so even if it's just a couple of minutes in the morning, you know, this is the kind of day that I want to have and this is how I'm going to, I want to handle things. I want to show up from love for myself, for other people, kind, compassionate, whatever. And then in the evening, sit with yourself, check in. How was the day? Um, journaling, I think, is a really beautiful way um, to connect with yourself. I'm a really big advocate for, um, I call it like channeled writing, where you just kind of like pen to paper and you just let the pen flow. Sometimes if you're trying to get good at journaling, my advice would be just set a timer, five minutes. And I don't care if you have to write about what you ate for breakfast in the beginning. Sometimes you need, you need to kind of like get into the flow or you're kind of writing about the superficial things that happened during the day. And then you'll notice that after a few minutes, stuff just starts coming up and don't judge it like we mentioned before just bear witness to like what's coming up and i think that can be a really powerful tool to tapping into your subconscious um, where a lot of our motivations and our viewpoints 90 percent of our thoughts and decisions are subconscious we don't even know that we're making that decision it's coming from a place that is where our programming lives so um journaling is really really important for that I wasn't sure if you were going to add to that. <laughs> I thought, do you journal? Yeah, I journal. And I mean, I don't journal as much as I, I used to. I used to have this beautiful um, uh, journaling practice called Morning Pages, which is from the artist's way. And it's just a brain dump because you wake up with all of this, like, just the same way you, you would brush your teeth in the morning or wash your face in the morning. Three pages of stream of consciousness writing can do wonders for your mental hygiene. Friends, we had a, some technical difficulties just now, and I come back back on and tell Brianna how impressed I am with her grace, and she goes, what was your line? <laughs> I said, girl, I pushed a 9.1 baby out of my badge. This ain't nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and that baby is three months old now? She's three months old. She's so yummy and delicious. I'm so obsessed with her, Daniela. It's like, ugh. So good. Yeah, the amount of, I mean, I met her. She's very, she's very delicious. And she was just eating some very delicious mommy milk. Yeah. Um, These girls are working hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. You're working so hard and you're looking so good. I, I have to imagine that all the work you've done to love yourself before, during, and after having a child um, has made this postpartum experience um, nice. Yes. Honestly, like, it's so crazy. I can definitely see this, like, shift that can happen for women, right? Because it is. It's, it's this huge metamorphosis that happens that you go through as a woman. And <clears throat> because I had done so much inner work of, like, knowing myself and trusting myself and n knowing how to evolve and, and allow changes to happen for me rather than resist them, like we talked about earlier about compartmentalizing. Because <clears throat> when you become a mother, you change. Like you are no longer that former single girl self who can do whatever she wants and is only living for herself. There's this huge like 
shift that happens. And in the spiritual side of things, it's this transition from the maiden archetype to the mother archetype. And what that means is it's a, you step into a new identity Mm. and allowing myself grace and giving myself a break that I don't have it all figured out. And that's okay. Allowed me to not downward spiral into self abuse, negative self talk, constantly judging myself, not thinking that I'm good enough. It's allowed me to hold a really kind, um, and loving space for myself and my daughter and my partner, you know, and me, Brianna, there is a lot on your plate right now. You're feeding a little baby. Your, your body is, um, you know, healing and hardening and changing your, you're on, you know, you're on a podcast sharing your gifts and your heart. What did we just say allowed you to be graceful with me and with this process? Me. <laughs> yeah. Being kind to yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't give something to somebody else that you don't already have for yourself. You can't give from an empty cup. So if you are not kind to yourself, you can't be truly kind to others in a really like authentic way. If you're not patient with yourself, if you're not compassionate with yourself, all of these things stem from creating them for yourself, being the the entity, the being, the container to hold it all. And then when something, when shit happens, when your cage gets rattled, what falls out of you are these tools, are these characteristics, these traits, these identifiers, right, of how you show up as a person. How you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm. Mm. When you're guiding people toward their soulmate, it sounds like you're guiding them to their own soul first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In order to align with this higher consciousness kind of love, right? This um, love that is free of di- uh, dysfunction, that's free of control and manipulation and abuse, whatever, right? You have to first feel safe to know what that feels like for yourself because if you don't have a, a, a touch point of what that feels like how are you going to know what it is or it isn't when it comes along mm. I teach a lot of clients how to recreate the foundation the template of love for themselves you know our parents are imperfect people they love us um but they also kind of messed us up, you know? It's just like the nature of like, no one, I always say, no one gets out of this experience of being human unscathed, right? Like, we've all got bruises and scars and scabs and like, whatever, you know? It happens. And so I don't think most of us, I would say, um, have this perfect template of what it means to like be in a truly healthy relationship we kind of have to reteach ourselves, reparent ourselves a little bit. Um, if we are finding that our interpersonal relationships are lacking the things that we would like to experience. Mm-hmm. How did you meet your husband? We met um, on a dating app. Ah! He 
my husband and I, um, if anybody's listening and needs help with figuring out a long distance relationship, I got you. Um, my husband was living in Montreal uh, at the time. He, I was th- living in Los Angeles. Um, and he came to visit because he wanted to come for work and was thinking about moving to LA. And he messaged me on an app and wasn't really thinking anything of it, wasn't looking, you know, to be dating long distance a girl in LA. Um, and we just really hit it off and we dated long distance um, for a while. Um, and we clearly figured it out because now we have a baby and we're married and we live in Florida. So crazy story there, how life unfolds. I wonder often, I I wonder this about a lot of, um, experts and particularly experts who share their life on social media as a marketing tool and as a a way of self-expression, but you know, relationships whether you're solid or not are messy and how does that express itself when you're a relationship coach and um soulmate mentor and medium and in a flesh and blood human relationship with a man you love who's definitely not perfect cannot be yeah 100 percent So one of the pillars of my business is authenticity. And that is a foundation point for me. So, and for those of you who are listening and have been following me, and for those of the, you know, are going to want to follow me after this podcast, you'll see that I am really transparent. Like I jumped on stories the other day and shared about how as a new mom, I felt rage that my husband got to go be cute and work at the W and schmooze and talk to people while I was stuck in sweats at home with a baby on the tit and couldn't get the stuff done that I wanted to get done. And um, because, so I shared that on social media because I know that other, if I'm experiencing it, I know that there's somebody out there who's probably going through the same thing. So I share it. And then I also share, okay, this is how I talk myself down from my crazy. These are well, my is it crazy? rules. Pardon? Is it crazy? No, I just mean like when we are in those moments where we can kind of work ourselves up into a lather. Right, you know, right, 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 right. Where, you know. Right, emo- like the, the facts are the facts, but does yeah. it have to totally throw your nervous system into a tailspin and then create drama in your relationship? No, not necessarily. Exactly. So what I did just to kind of give uh, an example was I was feeling that emotion and I sat with it. And then I, again, like I'm mentioning that relationship I have with myself, I check in with myself. I start asking Mm. questions. I stay curious to what is happening for me emotionally. And then that way, when my husband walks in the door, I'm not dumping all of my stuff that I haven't sorted for myself and make it his problem, that it's his responsibility that I'm, it's, or it's his fault rather, that I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling. Is it okay that I am having these emotions? A hundred percent. Do I have to have it all figured out in the moment right away? No. But what happens is then, because I am staying curious with myself and staying open and not stuffing it down, I'm able to talk to him about it 
and just express it in a way of like, yo, this is what's coming up for me. And it becomes a conversation rather than an argument. And then because we're able to have the conversation and I'm not stuffing it down, there's no resentment that's building up of all the unsaid shit that I don't want to say because I'm avoiding a fight that builds up over time and then ruins intimacy. Right. Well, the thing is, as you said, just to go back to the theme, I guess, you have intimacy with yourself. You have vulnerability with yourself without judging it. I mean, we called it crazy, but, but the, the emotions themselves are not crazy. The expression of let me dump it on someone else. Let me make someone else feel what I feel so that they understand what I'm going through has never worked for anyone except for a baby. <laughs> that's the only, that's the only relationship where we can like use no verbal communication skills and just say, these are the feelings I'm going to give them to you in your nervous system and in your body so that you fix them for me. Yeah. That doesn't work in, in adult relationships. But if you're not judging yourself and you have enough vulnerability with yourself and you say, wow, that does make sense. You feel left out. Yeah. You feel touched out. You feel overwhelmed. That's the first checkpoint. Exactly. And I think that was a beautiful analogy, what you said, because it touches on that point I mentioned earlier about reparenting yourself, right? Like you would with your baby or a child that, you know, is having an emotional experience and just being gentle and kind and like loving them through that emotion and, and, and sitting with it is the same kind of way that you want to hold space for yourself is just having a lot of love and kindness and compassion for the emotions that are coming up. Mm. And then you honor them and you sit with them. And as soon as they, as soon as I find, as soon as you bear witness to your sticky, tough emotions, it, it settles them. They're like, like a baby, right? It's, they're crying for a reason. They want to be held. They want to be fed something. And then as soon as you kind of hold that space for it and nurture it, it settles. And mm. the same thing happens to your emotional nervous system when you hold space for sticky, difficult emotions. Mm. You know, the, this podcast originally was, you know, it's, it's intention was all around giving women the heads up, mostly women. I'm sure there are some men who listen also giving the women the heads up around being a mom. Maybe it's for some people and maybe it's not, but I know that there are some women out there who are single who may want to have a child with or without a, a, a partner. Um, and I, you know, I, we have a, a guest who um, really advocated for just doing it yourself. And I, I like, I think that's so beautiful. And there's probably a lot of people who don't want to, who want to be mothers, who want to find partnership and don't necessarily know how. And I'm wondering if you can, like, wrap your arms around that person with your particular expertise. One thing I want to share with anybody who's listening that has it on their heart to become a mom 
and maybe you have some reservations. I just want to share this with you right here, right now. It's better than I could have imagined. <laughs> and this is coming from somebody who through my 20s said that she didn't want to get married and didn't want to have a baby. I was really kind of adamant about it um, for various reasons. Some of them were because really deep down I was scared of losing my independence, um, of the pain of childbirth. Like I was really scared of that. Um, and I just thought there's, there's no way that, you know, like I could do it. I just want to like, let you know, you know, don't believe all the fear mongering. Don't believe all the negative stuff that you hear. That doesn't have to be your truth if you don't want it to be, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that oftentimes if there is a little resistance around becoming a mom, what I have helped a lot of clients with is healing their own relationship with their own mom, their own mother wound, as we call it. Because if you're having resistance to becoming a mother, I would venture to guess that probably the way that you were mothered as a child left you feeling inadequate. You didn't have the emotional connection that you're looking for with your mom. So your version of what feeling nurtured looks like, feels like, and experiences like, there's probably some hurt feelings there. And that's why you're resisting stepping into your own experience of motherhood because you don't have, the, the taste that's left in your mouth maybe isn't so good. Maybe you have some unresolved shit with your mom. Um, so that is something that I guide clients into how to release that, how to forgive, how to heal. Like me and my mom, my own journey, my mom and I have not had it easy. We have had <clears throat> highs and lows and we've both worked at our relationship and I'm so happy to say that we are closer than ever um, and our daughter has just been, our, my, me and my husband's daughter, her first grandbaby, it's really opened up this really beautiful connection between the two of us. And so, of course, I know that there's a, a multitude of reasons why somebody might have resistance towards it. But that is a common theme that I definitely pick up on for clients. And what about with um, partnership? How do yeah. how do these listeners who are clearly curious, we wanted to get you in as soon as possible because our executive producer, Laura, is truly obsessed <laughs> with, with a few things. One, one was twins, which we covered, and New York City schools, and, and <laughs> Jewish summer camps. She has these really funny obsessions. <laughs> really, the, the question that is always asked by her and by many, many, many of our listeners is around partnership. How? How do you have a fulfilling partnership as a mother and or in general? Yeah. So if there's a, a person listening who's like, I want to find my soulmate. Yeah. You're the gal, you know? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So how I support clients to meet their person is, I'll explain it like this. You know, as I spoke to earlier, we all kind of have our, our own experiences, our own past hurts, our own upbringing, 
And what happens is if you are finding that the relationships that you are attracting into your life, right? Because the one thing that all of those people have in common, all your ex-boyfriends or all your ex-partners, male or female, the one thing they have in common is you. (laughs) You're the common denominator. And so there means that there's on some level that, you know, you're kind of connecting and what I, what Western psychology calls it is trauma bonding, right? Mm. And from a spiritual standpoint, how I explain it is your broken parts and their broken parts, because we all have them. You're not broken per se, but you have parts of you that need healing are a perfect match for each other. And so this is what happens when you kind of have these Insta relationships or these Insta connections is because you feel acknowledged and seen by each other's brokenness, so to speak. And then what happens is the the tools that you bring to the table and the tools that they bring to the table create the third party entity, the relationship. And so you kind of dump all your stuff into this relationship. Mm-hmm. And if you're finding that the, the relationship that is being created between each of your partners that you have is less than you really desire, or there's unhealthy patterns or things aren't making you happy, the solution is to start healing and recovering and repairing from these emotional wounds that you have and getting more emotional tools in your toolkit. And then what happens when you start to elevate, up-level, upgrade the way that you show up in relationships, you attract somebody else who's also done the work who also knows how to communicate, who also knows that there's this beautiful intimacy created in being vulnerable, Mm -hmm. that knows how to hold space and not be judgmental and not be critical of the way you eat or the way you brush your teeth or I don't know, all those little Mm -hmm. dumb things that happen, you know, as human Mm -hmm. beings that irritate us. You attract somebody who is also at your level. And so you both come to the table being a better version of yourself, being kinder, being more compassionate. And then the relationship that you create together is full of all of this beautiful inner healing and inner work that the two of you have individually done. And then there's like this awesome co-created relationship that holds space for the kids that you want to have and the businesses that you want to build. And there's a really solid foundation of something that is full of mutual love, respect, and admiration for each other's individuality. Mm. I'm sold. <laughs> Laura told me I'd love you, and it's true. I, I do. And, you know, just, you know, we keep going back to it, but it's so easy to love someone who loves themselves. Mm-hmm. It's so easy, and it feels so good. Mm-hmm. Mm. What yeah. does... What does a medium, what is a medium? (laughs) What are you? What do you mean? So basically, um, we've all kind of heard of psychics, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the things that people are probably more common of, commonly familiar with is someone who's clairvoyant, right? And what that means is someone can see things. Um, There's, so there's other, these other clairs that, when you have tapped into your gifts and learned to trust yourself. Um, I have the beautiful ability and gifts um, 
that I'm able to, I have clear cognizance, which means I have an inner knowing where let's say you're telling me a story about something and I will get a, a confirmation or I'll get an inner knowing that yes, that is the truth or no, that's actually, that's, that's a distortion. That's not, a, that's not truth that someone's saying, or I have clear sentience, meaning I feel what you feel. So when you're telling me a story or a client is telling me about a particular pain that they are going through, um, I know exactly, I feel what they are feeling. And as a medium, meaning I'm just a channel of information and messages come through me. Um, so when someone is a medium, they can connect to the other side. Um, they can speak to people's loved ones that have crossed over. Um, and obviously there's a lot that goes into that, but basically how I use that in my coaching is we're all familiar probably, it's, uh, mental health has become a very popular in our modern society and I'm so thankful for that. We're Thank probably God. all very familiar with generational trauma mm -hmm. and how that is passed down. Um, and so what I'm able to do, because I'm a medium, I can connect to you on an emotional level, hear and understand the, the thing that's happening right now in your life and the pain that's coming up for you. And I'm like, okay, got it. Oh, okay, it's connected to this over here, this thing that happened to her um, when she was younger. And then in a meditation, I'll drop somebody down and connect to their loved ones that have passed on and get information about where this generational trauma is coming from and how that's kind of played out. So there might be things behind the scenes that my client had no idea because they were a little girl or they never met their mom's mom and didn't understand that there was, you know, this traumatic experience that your mom experienced because of the grandmother. And so I'm able to kind of decode a lot of these patterns that are unconscious that are kind of stored in our DNA and are stored in our nervous system and help to move through that using information and, and a lot of times as I always say like a lot of healing we're carrying shit that's not our own it oh my god so much where it happened to our parents and our parents were just doing the best that they could with the information they had at the time and they truly did their best for us. But that doesn't mean that we weren't hurt or wounded by it or carrying a bunch of emotional stuff around. I help people to make sense of it, to honor it, to witness it, realize that it doesn't have to be their truth and set it down and be dead. <laughs> I just got chills. Like that's when I... So that's one of my body simulations, like when I'm getting confirmations from my guides that like I'm hitting it, this is truth, this is correct. I just got like full body chills as I gave that little channel message download to whoever needs to hear that. <laughs> I mean, I need to hear that. I need to hear that. So many of us need to hear that. I think we are of the generation that is metabolizing a lot of let's just call it stuff mm -hmm. so that the next generation doesn't have to they'll have their own stuff mm -hmm. they'll have their own stuff but they don't have to have ours yeah. and I think that you know when I hear you speak um, I'm reminded of the pride I feel that we've done the work and that we can raise this next um, 
generation of children and, you know, people, leaders of the world, knowing that we did our part, meaning we didn't, we didn't ask them to take on anything that isn't theirs. And if we do, we apologize. I mean, can you imagine? Could you imagine your parents being like, remember last night when I yelled at you? It was my stuff, baby. I'm sorry. What? That just wasn't the case then. That was, my, you know what I mean? Like that, that happens. That's normal. And we can apologize for it and take it back. I own that. That was mine. That was my bad. There's a lot of pride in that experience. There's a lot of joy in that experience. Well, it's it's emotional maturity, right? And, you know, I think the generation before us, our, our parents, um, it just wasn't okay. It wasn't a conversation. It wasn't okay to, you know show all of your emotional messiness or take no. that ownership, you know, it was just like, let's just get through it. And I put food on the table and I put a roof over your head and that should be enough. And, and to them, because that is a, that is a, a result of the way that they were parented by their parents, you know, like you think, like, but it was better. Like, it was even better than the way they were parented. That's the truth. Exactly. They did way better. Yeah. Like my, my mom is from um, England and her parents were from Eastern Europe during World War II. Like they've really struggled. My mom tells me all the time that like, you know, they only, they had six kids. They only had just enough food to put on the table for the week. And when the food was gone, the food was gone. So to my mom, having the fridge stocked with food all the time is like an accomplishment for her. And she's worked really hard to financially be secure because she did not, she's at first, I'm first generation. She did not come from money, you know? So that's the way that she showed love for us was making sure that we had, you know, a nice place to sleep and food on the table, you know? So the emotional um, conversations was just not something that she knows how to do. And she's gotten better over the years Sure. Um, shout out to my healing because I kind of showed her the example of like, hey, mom, these are the kind of conversations. It's okay. It's okay to be upset at each other. It's okay to have conflict. There's resolution to it. We don't have to just stuff it down and be silently resentful of each other. You know, like I know, newsflash. But I have a friend who um, uh, says, "I'm my mother's mother." And in many ways, from a spiritual perspective, I say this all the time, from like the Veda perspective, time is not this sort of linear past, present, future. It's all in one. It's all happening right here, right now. So the fact that I was born after my mother, you know, to the naked eye means that's my mother. But on a spiritual level, for some of us, we can be a, a guide for our own parents and it could be it could be a joy it could could be a point of self-respect it could be a, a moment where you can be proud of yourself it doesn't have to be a burden because they did put food on our plate and gave us a warm bed to sleep in and a school to go to i mean these are real accomplishments we are we are so 
lucky that we get to talk about the emotional. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So lucky that we, thank God, don't have to dump it on our our children. That is privilege. Yeah. I I say that without any pejorative connotation. That is genuine. We were born in this time, in this place, to have these conversations. Exactly. Maslow, for those of you who maybe want to Google it, there's something called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. And it kind of looks like a food pyramid. Um, And at the bottom base of the hierarchy of needs is your, your tangible physical things that you need in life to be okay, right? You need food. You need shelter. These are the the basics, right? And when you have those, then you can kind of move up to the next thing. It's like, okay, well, now I want to, like, create more success. And I want to think about legacy, right? And, like, how I'm going to take care of my kids. And as you move up into getting your needs met more and more, then at the very tippy top of the pyramid is, like, self-actualization, is understanding consciousness and spirituality. So it's like... Our parents created that base for us. And we, like, just to add to your point, we are blessed. We are privileged and lucky to be able to start taking care of our emotional needs and be able to pay a therapist or hire a coach or go take a Reiki class, you know, go to download a meditation app. We are really blessed because our immediate needs are being met. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we have our parents to thank for that. We really do, yeah. Without spiritually bypassing whatever junk was also inherited. Exactly. Happy, happy to go down that rabbit hole, and I'm sure you can find find any any of the many conversations we've had about that um, on this podcast. But for our purposes today, I just um, I'm just really moved. I, I'm actually, you know, a lot of this podcast is a spiritual evolution for myself and Laura and our listener too. And I think like, as we emotionally mature, we can look at these intergenerational consequences and smile. We can, it's a, it's a possibility to smile at it and say, wow, look what I could, um, look what I could have overcome. Yeah. Like, to hear your story, um, and this didn't even happen to your family, but to have heard your story of what you witnessed, there must be so much pride in the fact that you overcame that. So when we, you know, consider life being hard, there's also on the other end of something hard, there is a lot of self-love and gratitude. Yeah. And, you know... Just to, you know, mommy curious to the listeners who are curious about becoming a mom or want to, uh, are on their journey of finding their person, you know, this inner work that we've kind of spoken about a lot throughout this, this conversation, when you're able to do that, the relationship that my husband and I have, our home is really peaceful. It's not perfect Mm -hmm. by any means, but what I want to pass on to my daughter is, you know, helping her never to have to struggle with anxiety or, you know, that she'll later in life have to regulate her nervous system. Um, because my husband and I have created a relationship that is peaceful and is full of like love and respect and kindness. And, and that's the experience of our daughter gets to enter into. And so that was the, 
that was the kind of relationship that I got intentional about calling in. When we, mm. you were asking me, how can the listeners, um, if they are wanting to meet their person and they're on the journey, it's like figure out who you are and figure out what it is that you want and what you don't want and then get really specific about well, what kind of connect with how this is what I did. I connected to this future vision of like, okay, if I were to have kids, right? Just ask the question, stay curious. If I were to have kids and if I were to be in a relationship with someone, how would I want to feel in it? How would I want my home to feel? And I would imagine myself sitting in this home that we would have and the kids that possibly would be there. And like, what is the, the, the emotional like theme that's going on in the home? And for me, I connected to, I want it to feel peaceful. I want there to be a lot of love, a lot of warmth, a lot of stability and foundation. And when I met my husband, that's how he made me feel when I was around him. I could connect to just feeling safe and at mm. peace and understood and valued and respected by him. I could see myself the way he looked at me. And I was like, that's it. That's how I want to feel. That's the kind of, I, that's the kind of relationship that I want my daughter to see that this is what it should feel like. This is what mommy and daddy have together. That's what is my now, that's her norm. That's her normal. It's such a gift, not just for your daughter, but for every interaction. She will have every relationship. She'll have everyone. She'll touch all of the relationships that are non-romantic in your life. Mm -hmm. It has such a ripple effect. Yeah. I think about that a lot. Um, when my husband and I were deciding to have kids, I said to him, I feel a moral responsibility for the future of this earth to put, put out, to create and put out into the world really kind, compassionate, loving people. We need mm. more of those people on earth. And those people just... Just the through line, those people need to accept love, kindness, and compassion first. They need to be used to that deposit. Oh, I like that. That deposit. That that resonates. That feels good. I like that. I'm stealing that. I I, I, I <laughs> I'm told this rather. <laughs> oh, great! Go for it. Steal it. Borrow it. Whatever. Um, I I've said this before, but that I you know I. I, my first sound bath was actually a psychedelic journey and I, the big download that I had was that I had so much love for my parents, like this overwhelming amount of love and there wasn't quite the vessel to hold it. They were busy putting food on the table and uh, they were so loving oh my god my mother is still so loving my father is so affectionate and so loving and they they but they were stressed which meant that the 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 overwhelming love didn't have a place to go didn't have a place to deposit and so 
what we need to, what I hope to create for myself in my relationship with my husband and my children is enough of a vessel to, to receive their love because that feels good to them and to me enough of a vessel for, I mean, I think children are born with like this, like open, open hearted, love me. I'm so cute. The more they get used to being loved, adored, cherished, the baseline exactly which means that that that's what they can put out into the world tell me what you're putting out into the world in terms of your offerings mm, yes so I really love community and I have created community for women on the journey to understanding themselves to calling in a partner. Um, I have my signature program um, called Relationship Rehab. <laughs> and it's a, a three-month uh, course that addresses all of the foundational stuff through all my years of coaching, through listening to clients, through my own experience, to listening to friends. Um, I've created this three-month course that addresses all of the foundational building blocks that I find and believe to be the things that create a healthy relationship with yourself. And that is the, the, the jumping point, right, for calling in a conscious, healthy soulmate partnership. Um, mm -hmm. And so... I, I walk people through um, the, the trainings are addressing, you know, generational trauma, the relationship you have with your parents, um, understanding um, your, own ex your own relationship with yourself, understanding the masculine and feminine. Um, and for those of you who are kind of on the journey or know what that is, um, we all have both masculine and feminine parts and sometimes we can be a little bit more masculine or, you know, we have a feminine wounding. Um, I teach manifesting, learning how to connect and listen into learning how to call what you're searching for in. So it really takes you on this whole foundational experience for three months of healing and getting ready to call in that soulmate relationship. Um, and like I said, and that is a group container of other supportive women who are also going through the, the exact same experience as you and you see things through another lens and you all support each other. And um, I'm so proud of that program. I speak so highly of it because I just had a client who just had a baby that was in that program, found her partner. Um, two of my clients just got married. Another one just got engaged. And this is the, the template for them realizing and actualizing what it is that they want to experience and are meant to experience in this, in this world. Um, and I also do one-on-one -on -one really beautiful six-month containers with people who are really serious about, I want to find my person. I want someone to work with me one-on-one -on -one as I'm going out into the dating world because, like I was mentioning earlier, I have the ability. It's a gift. I can literally see a picture of somebody 
and know whether that is a soulmate relationship <laughs> or if that is not your person and that's a, a karmic contract as we call them as uh, a lesson relationship you know so um those are the ways that I'm able to support. I have a lot more coming up and I'm excited to launch and announce. Um, but those are probably the, you know, the beautiful offers that I can support somebody through, um, which will create a lot of transformation in their, in their love life. Truly, truly, truly beautiful. It's been an honor talking to you. Thank you. I, I'm gonna. I may. I may send some friends over. Is there anything I can? Um, we can leave the listener with. I promise you, stay the course, and it will be better than you ever imagined. Life has this beautiful way of unfolding and working out for you, um, and just trust the process and know that you are lovable and beautiful beyond measure like you can't believe how lovable you are even if you don't feel it all the time every single day you are mm. where can we find you yes come be a part of my community come join the sisterhood as i call it um find me on instagram brianna.colette um find me online join my community briannacolette.com um, and come check me out. Come catch the vibes. Come join the sisterhood. We'd love to have you. But well, I loved having you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So much for having me.